everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. And my name is Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. And this I also week, just oh. I just remembered that uh, there's going to be a theme song before before the the intro that we just recorded. Well, I keep forgetting hmm. that because, like, we don't obviously we don't include that until you edit it together, but. Tierney, this was your pick. Do you want to give it, give us the whole rundown? Because this was a, a game time decision, last minute switch up. <laughs> I mean, it was like four days ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I uh, I looked in my notes app where I have a note called movies, like boobies, uh, where I write down all the mo- movies that I want to see, and then at the do top you also of the write list, down all the boobies you want to see? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, I keep a running tally of the those. Queen. Now, Matt. Yeah. Oh, those <clears throat> saggy ones. <laughs> we know Matt has an encyclopedic knowledge of when celebrity dicks have been on screen. Does he also have an encyclopedic knowledge of when celebrity boobs have been on screen? Could you help Tierney you cross some I of those things yeah. off? You're asking Absolutely. the two people no. who have no, like, literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I know yeah. of ones that are in movies with other uh, frontal male nudity that I know. Yeah. I know ones like that scene in Wedding Crashers in the sense that it taught me what mine don't look like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is important. And humbling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh my God. <laughs> So I was so I was in my movies app or note and at the top of the list has been Minari for uh I guess like a year now since it came out. <laughs> Sorry, I need to t- take this toy away from my dog. Oh, that was uh, your dog? I thought it was you farting. No. Um oh. So uh yeah, so I it's been on my list for ages <clears throat> and it's I've I've heard nothing but good things about it, and so I was like, mm, I want to watch this now. So uh, yeah, so I picked Minari. I hadn't seen it before; it's my first time watching it. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, did not anticipate it being quite so uh, heartbreaking, but you know, it's an Oscar movie. I should have known. And, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I really liked it. I don't really have don't really have any complaints about it to be honest uh that kid is adorable as hell holy shit Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he was the breakout star of the year well and like the grandma too who literally won an oscar (laughs) like that's true (laughs) both of them were breakout stars from this movie (laughs) um so yeah minari had been on my radar since january of 2020 because i always pay attention to like the buzzy Sundance stuff. Um, and it premiered at Sundance 2020. So it had been on my radar for a while. I think it was originally supposed to come out in like summer of 2020 and then <laughs> LOL. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so I've just been like wanting to see it forever. And then I think a 24 announced that they were going to release it in February. And I was like February, 2021. And I was so pissed that I was going to have to wait even longer and so I just happened to catch um, the 
Film Center in New York, I think is what it's 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 like an yeah. indie uh, movie theater in New York, and they were doing uh, these like virtual screenings last year for like all these movies, and they were getting like advanced screenings um, that you could. I think it was like a twelve dollar rental, and you could get it like two or three months before it was actually released. And so I was able to pounce on the Minari one. So I saw it in December of last year. And so I had this, like, the way the, the, like, the virtual rentals work is you had, like, a two-hour window. You, like, had to start watching it at some point in that two-hour window. And they said that if you didn't finish it in that two-hour window, it would cut you off. And so I was like, oh, fuck, I better start this thing. Um, and so I watched it and was just completely blown away by how good it was. And was just, like, it was, like, an experience just sitting alone in my apartment late 2020 having been through all of 2020 and just like watching this like beautiful moving piece of art that as soon as it was over I had about like 10 minutes left on my rental and I was just like hmm, I wonder and I started it up and literally watched the entire thing again because it like I was like maybe it'll cut me off at some point but I'm just gonna watch as much as I can and I made it through almost the entire thing <laughs> before nice. I was like all right it's bedtime I think I just like I literally just watched this I don't need to watch it again but uh, but yeah it was uh easily top two movie of the year for me last year um it was between this and Nomadland, and I never, like, officially made a top ten list, so I never, like, fully had to decide. But this, yeah, this movie's been in my top, you know, for, for a while now, so. I think um, I'd put it above <clears throat> Nomadland. Yeah, and, like, I I would not be mad if it was above, like, I would be very happy to put this at number one. I also Like, I loved Nomadland, too, so, like, either one of those being ranked number one is a-okay in my book, but... But yeah, that's me. That's my Minari story, Matt. That's the Minari story. I uh, was constantly hounded by Colin <laughs> about watching Minari. It's a fun theme. New York. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you gotta watch it. Have you have you done your reservation yet? You gotta remember, there's only this so many days left. Come on, you gotta watch this. And I was like, oh my god. So I, like, picked some date and, like, uh, bought the pass for it and, like, tried to watch it with my household. But, like, the because I was in Pacific time, it was, like, 3 p.m. <laughs> that I had to start this rental. Or, like, 3 p.m. was, like, the deadline for it. So I had to, like, talk to my roommates and be like, I know you're working, but if you wanted to watch Minari, we have to start it now. And they're like, oh, no, we have to, like, walk the dog and we have to, like... <laughs> finish work and I was like okay sorry so then I was like oh my god I don't know why I did this I could have just waited for it to not be like in this specific window of time that I have to be like catering all my day's plans around but then I watched the movie Minari and oh I loved it it was heartbreaking and beautiful it was uh, meaningful powerful important uh, representative, uh, emotional, uh, nostalgic. There's so These many. These are just words. You're just saying wonderful saying, yeah, just elements. Matt, put the dictionary away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it really did. It was great. Uh, and I think it was, I always think of it in my top two as well. I guess after Nomadland, but I don't know if Nomadland really was in my top two. I think, like, I watched and I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's like, it's a good. 
Oscar movie. But I don't know if I don't remember what else came out last year, to be honest. Those, because in my memory, nothing did. Didn't Barb yes. and Star? No, Barb and Star was 2021. Yeah, I don't know what came out in 2020. Uh, What's it against? Is Jamie yeah, Dornan I mean, going to get nominated for Best Original Song? <laughs> fucking hope so. That would rule. <laughs> like, the, I, I don't know. Sometimes, like, the music branch of the Academy does some weird shit from time to time. So, like, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. But I think it's so far... Like, that movie came out in February of 2021. And so, like... Shit. I don't think it is not... No, he won't, because it was eligible for the last Oscars, and he didn't get nominated. What are they even Oh, because the Oscars were in, like, April, the Oscars, right? Yeah, so last year, because of COVID, they extended the eligibility window through February of 2021. Eligibility. Mm. Eligibility. 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 Q-I-A. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, it, it came out... And would have been eligible for the Oscars last year, earlier yeah. this year, which means that it but won't. But it just wasn't good enough, I guess. That song I mean, sucks. That Minari movie's bad. I could have been nominated for Best Original Song as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nominated for Best. Yeah. Minari. <laughs> yeah. Um, and wait. So wait, what was the... What, what else came out in 2020? Like, big ones. Big things that I would be like, of course. Of uh, course that came out. Lord of the Rings. What? what? <laughs> uh, your beloved Sound of Metal came out in 2020. Oh, bless. Mank came out in 2020. One. Promising Young Woman came out in 2020. Trial of the Chicago 7 right. came out in 2020. There were some okay. noteworthy movies that came out in 2020. It def- I mean... Hillbilly Elegy came out in 2020. Oh. <laughs> Sound of Metal, though. Hell yeah. Yeah. In a big way. And that was produced by C in France, of course. My boy, always. C in France. Um, His oh, name yeah, is but, Sia uh, in France? Like, mm-hmm. bye, Sia yeah. in France. Yes. And he gets, and he gets uh, places by swinging on chandeliers like Sia. Anyway, um, uh, so I watched <laughs> Minari in that window of time, and then it was available for rental again uh, shortly after that, and my roommates rented it, and then I watched it again with them. Uh, so I did see the movie twice within, like, four months, maybe. Um, and it was just as beautiful the second time as it was the first time. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it, as much as you can enjoy it and then immediately be just be like, oh, boy. I have some some problems with the ending. Not like huge problems, but it kind of feels like it kind of like comes out of nowhere. Where shit gets bad immediately and then it's just like remains bad. <laughs> Instead of I don't know, like a build. Anyway, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I do think it's uh, an incredible movie and very beautiful. Uh, I did just think of something that Nomadland and Minari have in common in the sense that uh, <clears throat> people outside of the central characters don't seem like actors. They just seem like real people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like old mate with the glasses. Will Patton. Oh, he's an actor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's. you didn't recognize him? He's in Remember the Titans. He's one of the coaches uh, no, in Remember the Titans. No, I was like, Titans. man, that guy looks a lot like Will Ferrell. <laughs> 
Okay, well, never mind. Disregard. No, but I, I think that... No, no, but I, I think everyone else feels very... I think, like, yeah, like... about the factory or whatever. The factory, and I think, like, the little kid that um, that David goes to spend the night with when the grandma's in the hospital, yeah. like... <laughs> um, so I, I do agree with you, but to your point about Paul, the dude, old dude with the glasses, um, he is really good in this movie. And like a lot of people were just like, yo, we need to recognize how good he is in this movie. And he didn't actually get recognized. But I do think like, to your point, like he's so good in this movie that you forget that he is actually an actor and has been in other things. And like anybody our age has definitely seen him because everybody our age has seen, remember the Titans. So, I mean, I saw it once maybe in high school, but we had to watch it. We watched it in gym class, like regularly. That feels right. Raining. And <laughs> your and gym teacher was like, eh, we'll put on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put on this, like, Disney sports movie. <laughs> and what, what, what were we supposed to remember about them? We were just supposed what? to remember them. Never forget. Okay, well. The Titans. <laughs> I did when he first came on the screen. I just, I didn't realize uh, he was going to become a central character. And I just wrote, LOL, that crazy white dude who said the prayer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, he's his helper now. So. Yeah. I think that's a fun surprise when you see him a second time. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, so you're. Okay. The help was wanted. All right. <laughs> and then I think there is like an arrow. There's like a sinister quality about him early on where I was kind of like, who is this guy? I think maybe because he's like so religious and it seems like almost like too much. And he's, like, walking down the street with a cross. There's a lot that's like, what's going on here? Well, But then he's a very sweet guy, and there is no sinister. It, it isn't leading up to something that's, like, weird or, or yeah. I, I really, yeah, I really like the, um, like, his character note is that, like, he, so, I mean, you think about a, an Asian family moving to art, like rural Arkansas. And you're like, okay. in like in the eighties, like, okay, this is, this is going to be problematic. Um, but I really like that his arc is that like, he's just a guy who probably grew up in this area and then went and fought in the Korean mm-hmm. war. And so he like has been exposed to Korean people and Korean culture and so I think, like, the fact that he has that as his background, like, yeah, and I think that also the fact that he's, like, you know, uh, a veteran probably speaks to a lot of, like, the other stuff that he has going on. Um, yeah. And so, I, like, I thought that that was, like, a really, like, a really interesting character note um, to get to see that, like, right up front and then kind of develop over the course of the movie. Um, and then at the end, when those kids are laughing at him, you're like, oh, but he's so nice. Yeah. yeah. He's a bit weird, but he is nice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but by the end, you are happy to see that he's, like, still with them. That yeah. he's, like, still friends with the family. And he is nice. Like, he's a, he's a sweet man. Like, likes their food. And that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. The dinner scene where, where she's like, oh, you're our first guest. 
Um, and no. she's like going to take the kimchi away from me. He's like, no, no, no. It's like, keep that over here. It makes me sweat, but I'm going to eat it. It's like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me sweat. So, yeah, I guess. <laughs> relatable. Yeah. Uh, speaking um, of relatable, another yeah. note that I had was the tornado watch versus warning scene. I was like, this is so Midwest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like, oh, it's actually, it's just, it's just a watch, guys. It doesn't really matter. I remember yeah. the first time I watched this movie because, like, I grew up in South Dakota, so like that whole, like that component of weather is like definitely a part of my upbringing. And they're like driving home, I think from church. I'm not exact. I can't really remember where they're driving home from, but they're driving home, and Stephen Young's character is just like, "Oh, why is the sky green?" And I was like, yeah. "Oh, I know what's about to happen." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sure That's a enough, tornado. It, like cuts to a thunderstorm. I was like, "Yep, I, I saw this coming." Yeah, and the power going out, and how scary that always was to be like, "Oh man, uh oh." Yeah, it's getting bad out there. <laughs> um, yeah, Stephen, you because it's just like, oh, oh, it doesn't matter. Whereas yeah. people who aren't here, yeah. like, what's the tornado watch? Yeah. What? <laughs> Well, it's so, yeah, because, like, the kids are all, like, the kids and the wife are all, like, in the house, freaking the fuck out, and he's, like, running around outside, just getting downpoured on, and he comes back in, he's like, all right, the car's ready to go, just in case we need it, and she's like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here, and he's like, well, yeah. no, 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 we stay here, we watch the news, and we figure all this out, and I was like, yes, this is extremely relatable. <laughs> Although, can, like, tornadoes can turn so fast that, like, you... Depending on how far away it was, you wouldn't yeah. really have time to get out. Uh, yeah. It did just remind me that there were two tornadoes in Chicago, which never gets tornadoes. <laughs> just in the last... I think there's... there's Was there two last year? There was definitely one the last two years. Yeah. I wonder why that's happening. And there's, like, snow in Hawaii, and there's no snow in Denver. Yeah. And it was know. 55 mm. degrees last weekend in december yeah huh. El weird. Nino? you think it's, El it's probably el nino that's, that's, you know that's, that's the logical <laughs> spanish for the nino mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what is that even from i think it's snl is it yeah will ferrell's like el nino oh is spanish for the, the nino, nino. Yeah, or I think that might is. be Chris Farley. I can't think it's it might one be of the Farley. two, but I can never. I knew it was like some comedy thing, but it was like everyone used to say it in grade school, which yeah, kind of annoyed me because I'm like, I'm trying to listen to what this, <laughs> trying to learn about this weather <laughs> pattern. Uh, it is Chris, it like, is Chris Farley. Chris Farley, credit where credit is due. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about tornadoes. Tornadoes. Natos? Lit. Talking about some natos? Some natos. <laughs> not, not to be confused with the, the uh, treaty signed post-World War II. <laughs> <laughs> God, guys, this is top quality content. Yeah, people are loving this episode already. Um, the... Yeah, I don't know. What do we... The, the house... This, like, little mobile home that's, like, just there. And she's like, we're living here. This is where you 
brought us? This is it? That's, like, a really fun reveal that, like, we're also discovering it with the rest of the family of, like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to live here now. I don't I know love if it seems like a good plan. That's literally the, like, that's the beginning of the movie. Cause they're just, like, in a car driving somewhere. Um, and so we're just, like, thrown into that world. And then when they finally get there... And it's, like, you know, elevated, but there are no steps to get in the front door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, it's, that was a fun touch. But um, yeah. I, I, I think all of the characters are drawn so well in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, all of the conflict, like, especially between um, Jacob and Monica, like, the two parents... Like feels so real, um, mm-hmm. and like I, it's it's, I was when I was watching it this time, I was like trying to figure out like I, there are times where you're like oh I'm definitely on Jacob's side, but then there are other times where you're like oh no I'm definitely on Monica's side, um, and I just like I thought, I one thing I love about this movie is that like at, like they're both right and they're both wrong at all times, um, and I think that that's just like a really fascinating true to life like human aspect um like like shines so brightly throughout this entire film is she wrong how is i feel like i relate to her a lot in terms of like what are we doing what is the plan and that like there were there were things that reminded me of my grandfather who was always trying to like make a business out of a thing that was like Okay, yeah, that's, like, an idea, but, like, is this a bit a full idea? Like, do you know what you're doing? And there were parts of this where I was like, Jacob, what is the actual plan? Like, is this scalable? Can you actually make money like this? And I think, like, towards the end, you start to be like, okay, I can actually believe that maybe you can get some specific clients and, like, grow all this stuff. But it seems like a little big for one small family and mostly just him and one guy to like make enough for this to sustain this family and not just like have a job you know i do i do agree with you and and i think like she has a um <clears throat> like there's a line where she says like cuz she wants to move closer to the hospital which makes sense because david mm-hmm. has like his heart problems so like i get that and she's saying like you can get 5 acres in this town that's closer to the hospital so, like, I do agree with you that, like, that probably makes more sense to just, like, start small and build your way up. But I think, like, the one thing that I that jumped out to me today was when, like, she's very clearly, like, judging of what their house is. Like, she's, like, from the minute she sees it, she's like, what is this? And then when, and she's just, like, she's excited that her mom is going to come and she's just, like, really trying to impress her mom. And at one point, their grandma's just like, who cares that your house has wheels? It's fun. Like, it's yeah. a house. Like, and I thought, mm-hmm. like, that was one thing where I was like, yeah, like, she's wrong here. Like, she's so concerned about, like, oh, my gosh, their house has wheels. And, like, oh, my gosh, this is not what she envisioned for their house. Like, it doesn't matter. It's it's a house. It's, like, that's where their family is. That's where everything, <laughs> like, so I, I don't know. That grandma's that's so fair. cool. And what a twist that is. There's so many misdirects uh, in just, like, your expectations of what the conflict will be that, like, 
the discussion around like, okay, your mom is coming, your mom is coming, and like, how am I supposed to host my mom here? You're really like, oh, this is gonna, the whole fight is gonna be like, how could you bring my daughter in this house? Like, what are you thinking? And instead, she's like, yeah, like you're saying, very easygoing, happy to be around everyone, like ready to learn about like American culture and like what the kids are into mm-hmm. and drink soda, like all of that kind of mountain stuff. Mountain water. Is such a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> water from the mountains. <laughs> but like she is such a surprise of a character that she's like so fun loving and so um, exciting. And just wants to be, like, a nice, cool grandma to her grandkids. Mm-hmm. Isn't scary at all. I thought that was so nice. And it's fun to see, like, her... Because she comes to babysit, essentially. But just her, like, laissez-faire attitude toward parenting. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she presumably did that to her own child. And then her own child has more of, like, a hands-on sort of thing. It's... I don't know, I think that part's interesting, but just the whole, like, you're going to do whatever you want to do. Like, what she told to the kid when she was just like, run, why don't... Yeah. Who, mm-hmm. like, who cares? And he yeah. has just and a like, hole in his heart, right? Yeah, like a murmur. Those are, like, I mean, it's the 80s, but I think they're a lot, like, they're pretty common. We just didn't know much about them then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I didn't even realize this was the 80s until she, or I think it was once David put the Mountain Dew on the counter and it was a glass bottle that I was like, oh, when does this Mm. take place? (laughs) There's a line when he's getting like the first, like the loan from the bank and the banker is just like, oh yeah, like Reagan's trying to make it better for farmers or something. There's like a line Mm -hmm. that references uh, the fact that Reagan is president. That's right. Is that uh, an opening scene? It's pretty early in the movie, yeah. <laughs> and also that one point in which they flip that calendar uh, that says 1984 <laughs> on it. Or 83. Yeah. And they go, this is the year that we are in. Yeah, how did you miss did that, you miss that scene? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it's it's like, insane. <laughs> it's actually before they even show Minari as the title card. It's just like... You're going to say Minards for a second. Um, and I was like, what? Um, I do have a question. I'm not from a farming background, but my mom did grow vegetables in the garden, but she pretty much just plant them and then they grow, right? (laughs) And like, you have to water them, but like, is it like, could he, did he work? still but farm as well because i'm like you're not like sitting there watching them grow but no but day. you have to like add fertilizer and like make sure you're watering it the right amount tilling the earth i think, I think like, you're just saying words. I, I was gonna say i think like cropping here's the thing know. not none of us are equipped to answer your question tyranny <laughs> I do think you have to like lay manure that. I was gonna though, say I think it's like, it's I think, I think it's more involved. It's more involved of a process than I think any any of the three of us think that. Like farming at scale is more of a process than I think the three of us can appreciate. But he started he started out with just a small little right bit. Well, I think the idea was 
if he that could he's do going that, to keep, then he could, yeah. He's going to keep working at, so I, it's, I think the idea was that he was going to start with this small little patch that he could grow his vegetables that he wants to grow and he could make a, like, make that, um, like, business partnership that he makes towards the end of the movie with that Korean grocer. Um, and so I think, like, the idea was that he was going to start small, build it up, but he he is still working at the hatchery. Yeah. And so, like, that's going to be their source of income until he gets to a point where he's made that connection and then can start scaling up from there. Um, which, again, thing... goes back to, like, that conversation in the car where she's like, five, you can get five acres, and he's like, five acres is nothing. Like, I want, fi- like, my dream has always been 50 acres. And so I think you can see that he's obviously not farming 50 acres. But I think right. the idea is that, like, he has 50 acres, and eventually he would like to get to the point where he doesn't have to go to the hatchery. Like, that's not where he's getting his money anymore. He's, like, growing his own stuff, and he's, like, building his own financial independence outside of the... Another thing that I didn't really get is if they work in a hatchery, why wouldn't they... And they're just, like, cooking the males. Why wouldn't he take some home... For a farm. I know they say they don't taste as good, which explains why everyone loves breasts. (laughs) But, like... I was wondering why you were looking so upset before you even said words, but now I I get it. (laughs) Like, I I just didn't realize that what everyone was eating was a a female chicken. So it literally is Hmm. chicken titties. But if... (laughs) Like, why wouldn't they take the males home and, like, eat those? Or, like, fight with them. I, mean, I was going to say lay eggs, but then I remember that men don't, men chicks don't lay eggs. <laughs> yeah, the lesson is that men are useless both to eat or to lay eggs. I yeah. think you can just cut it off at men are useless, period. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's probably fine. <laughs> um... Yeah, also chicken sexing, is that what they called it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun term. I was like, I mean, it's that's exactly what it is, so chicken sexing it is, but yeah. Do you know chicken what they're looking for? Totally different. At the bo- at their bums? They like dip them in water. Uh, yeah, I have and no then, idea. And like look at their butt. And it's like does one have like a tiny little dick? Yeah, just like ducks have that spiral. <laughs> Jesus, that drill bit, Dick. <laughs> that's what the that's what the chickens also have, and they're just like, oh, there it is, that little curly cue, and they toss them in a burner. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea. I, I don't. I know nothing about chicken anatomy. So <laughs> it's also incredible, though, what a good um, metaphor that is. For how he feels that uh, if he's not useful and not able to provide, that he's useless and will be tossed into an incinerator. And then Mm -hmm. the barn becomes an incinerator. Ooh, you got it. That's it. That's it. So I did a quick Google search here. And the simplest way, or the simplest rule in sexing chicks down... Oh my god, I can't read. Uh, by down color is to remember that males have lighter heads and females have a darker down. But then what does that have to do with the butts? Because they do talk about looking at 
chick butts. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it looks like down there. I've never actually seen a chicken pussy, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's um. also, that, that's from something, I can't remember the name of it. But, uh, Anthony, who uh, did the theme song for our show, that uh, listener you just heard, uh, we always say this one thing where it's just this guy going down a list of ailments, and one of them is chicken pussy. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> so I think it has to do with the way that they hold them. Anyway, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I, don't I am care. interested, though. I, I'm assuming they just saw, like, a little, little chicken vagina. Or a chicken or like dick. A little, or a little chicken a dick. Little, yeah, a little chicken Peter. <laughs> wow. I will say, I, so, I think this is interesting, because I was having a conversation with some friends the other day. Um, <clears throat> not about this movie, but uh, I think this example is really interesting. So we were talking about how like, sometimes it's really hard to hear like movies these days and like slash film put up a huge piece that was got some traction on film Twitter the other day about how like, even is that a separate app film Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it a space? <laughs> is it one of Twitter's spaces? <laughs> It's no better than other Twitter. That's, I mean, it's it's all the same Twitter. It's all still a nightmare hellscape. It's all something I'm yeah. hopelessly addicted to and wish that I wasn't. But here speaking we are. Of, <laughs> speaking of apps that I'm hopelessly addicted to, but I don't wish that I wasn't, uh, TikTok, continue to spend too much time on there. But are you guys, this whole Adele backup dancer, I have never... Wanted to learn a TikTok dance more in my life. I literally have no idea what yeah, you're talking about. I don't even know how we got here right now. <laughs> because I've been thinking about it. <laughs> it's a it's a mash the dance. It's a mashup of Adele and Megan the Stallion. Oh, oh, and, okay. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know that the people are trying to do that dance. No, because now. now it's like it's people auditioning to be a backup dancer for Adele, and they all do. <laughs> The Megan the Stallion dance. (laughs) And I just wish I knew how to do it. But I also haven't sat down and tried. I was going to say. Yeah, you probably can't sit down to dance anyway, so you might want to stand up. Okay. All right. Back to film Twitter. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so like there's like a lot of people on film Twitter right now are just talking about how like sound mixing has gotten out of control. And like Christopher Nolan, my beloved Christopher Nolan is obviously a major culprit in this problem. But the idea, like the thing is like, people are just saying like, it's really hard to hear what actors are saying, um, which I don't disagree with. But my argument when I was having this conversation the other day was like, this was clearly a choice by someone, whether or not you agree with the choice, like it was clearly a choice And, like, if the dialogue, if the specific words that are being said are so important, like, they would have made sure that you could hear them. But, like, sometimes you get get enough of what you're going... Like, Tenet, I think, is a perfect example. Like, I've watched Tenet three times, twice with no subtitles and once with subtitles. And the time that I watched it with subtitles, the fact that I was able to know exactly every word that they were saying 
did not enhance my experience with that movie because that movie it like the dialogue is nonsense like this it's it's fake it's like time travel is not real inversion is not real it's all bullshit so like i got enough of what was going on when i watched it the two times without subtitles that i don't feel like i needed to know every single line of dialogue that was happening all of which is to say i don't need to know exactly how <laughs> chicken sexing works because like i feel like I, Lee isaac chung did a good enough job of describing like this is what it is this is a thing that people did or maybe yeah. still do oh, probably just still my do curiosity. no no, no I, i'm not like trying to attack no, I you i agree I'm just... too what are they looking at <laughs> and here's what i'm gonna say if you ever disrespect screenwriters like that again <laughs> where you say you don't have to hear what anyone is saying i didn't say that i didn't say no I, no, no, no you said no i said i said hell. i said, you said <laughs> director's king you said director is god i have two notes to go off of that one if i'm watching a movie and i need to turn the volume up and then turn the volume down repeatedly mm -hmm. more than twice no <laughs> just no number two have you ever been in like a public space maybe a library someone's talking full volume easy to tune out if someone's talking just quiet enough that they're like yeah you listen so much harder if it's just quiet enough because you can't tune it out it's just there mm -hmm. and it's like you want to listen to me because i'm the perfect volume to be listened to but not quite. That's what it's like yeah. when dialogue is quiet. Because it's like, just make it silent or, or way too loud and I'll tune it out. But if you make it yeah. quiet enough that you can't quite hear, your brain is like, what's that? I must know. And I think I just, like, yeah, it, that doesn't bother me. Because I feel like I'm going to get... It bothers me. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like I'm getting... So I'm going to bring up another movie that you can... Like, with Dune. Like, there's a lot of shit in oh, Dune that I just doing? like... That I just like didn't catch, but I was like, whatever. Like it doesn't nah, make a ton bullshit. of sense. It doesn't make a ton of sense in the books either. So like it's fine. I I know what's nah, like I am able to understand what's going on without knowing. So here's an example. But then just cut it. Yeah. Then I don't need to know what they're saying at all. And here's the well, problem. That, that, this has nothing to do with Minari, really. <laughs> Minari sound is fine. I, I can I, hear what, <laughs> and it's subtitled. So like at no point in Minari are we like, what's happening? What are they saying? Uh, so this is this couldn't be a criticism further from what I think we need to take from Minari. But we are on this topic now, and we will fight this until we die. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So here's an example. Uh, Pacific there, Rim. No, no, no. From Dune. <laughs> <laughs> For our listener, Matt or Colin watched Pacific Rim in our apartment. And in a Chicago 2 flat, they're very long apartments. My bedroom was about a mile away from the living room. <laughs> To give you, I, to give you, like, hear... it wasn't actually a mile, but to give you an actual idea, like, a realistic idea, at one point for a Halloween party, Matt wanted to use our hallway as, like, a fashion show walkway. Like, it was yeah. that long yeah. of a hallway. So we didn't we do it, but, to. like, we uh, we easily could have because there was that much hallway. hallway. <laughs> and it had a different, like, uh, climate zone. Tyranny would be like, I'm freezing. And he'd be like, it's way it's too hot over here. my room wasn't insulated. Yeah, yeah that was... it was like Canada to Florida. That's like the span of climate that existed. Like my memory foam topper 
once I got on my bed in the winter time and it didn't squish down because it was frozen. <laughs> you but anyway, you had your like bedroom moccasins. <laughs> yes, yeah, because your feet because the floor so was cold. so cold. <laughs> yeah. But shortly after we moved in, I would say it was probably sometime during the summer. Colin puts on Pacific Rim, and I'm in my room at the far end of the hallway in the Arctic in the middle of August. And I have no idea what he's watching because I've never seen Pacific Rim. All I know is it will be quiet, and then there will be earth shatteringly loud. <laughs> And I think after like an hour, I came out and was like, what are you watching? So In my defense, good. I wasn't even listening to it that loud. Like the sound bar was at a very reasonable no, but volume. It's the, it was just, it's the I was mixing. Saying, yeah. yeah. It, wasn't a, it yeah. wasn't a criticism of Colin's television watching. It was criticism of Pacific Rim sound mixing. Yeah. I think sound mixing has gone down the drain in a lot of new movies. I'm excited to read this article because old... I think it's bad. Some old movies are really bad. Oh, I think that's true as well. I think sound mixing has always been a problem. (laughs) At least now, though, like, you didn't have to get up and turn the, like, because we didn't have a remote for our television. Someone had to get up and turn the knob. I can't remember what I was watching the other night, uh, but I just had my soundbar remote in my hand in bed, and I just... Tyranny's spinning in a water rub. <laughs> I haven't even said what was happening. <laughs> oh no. Where's my last drink of water? Oh no. Wasted. But I was literally just flat prone and Whenever it got too quiet, I would press the plus button, and then I would just immediately start pressing it down again. And it was that for, like, 40 minutes of this movie-watching experience. I just kept raising the volume and lowering it and raising it and lowering it. I was like, I feel like I'm going crazy, but, like, I don't want to make it loud enough so that it wakes everyone up. But I also can't hear anything these people are saying. It was so it was so frustrating. I couldn't do it. So now I'm just never going to watch it, uh, another movie again. I think it was actually tick tick boom because it was like singing oh, and yeah. then talking. It was it was either that or why the last man. But I just want to say that the thing yeah. that I found so funny about that was just Matt sitting, clutching a remote. <laughs> oh yeah, a death was, grip on his yeah. remote. <laughs> and I was prepared for you to be like, an hours went by and I didn't even realize I was holding it. <laughs> just like, <laughs> and then I choked. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, visually, I look like uh, old man David from 2001: A Space Odyssey, just like oh, just... laying, laying That's in exactly bed. Exactly what I was picturing. Yeah, just like flat and moving, not at all. Just with a little remote. It's like my smallest remote too. It's like a chip. And I just like clutched it and pressed the little soft buttons back and forth. <laughs> Sound mixing needs to get better. If anything, make it quieter at the explosions, make it louder at the dialogue. What are you doing if it's not that? Well, so yeah. I mean, read the article because I, I think it is an interesting look at what's going on with that particular part of the industry. But anyway, ticket sexing. Ticket sexing. In Dune, <sighs> there is a scene. It's when Paul and Jessica are out in the desert, and they're it's the Kissing. 
when they're now kissing. Uh, <laughs> and they're, like, uh, trying to get to, like, this rock area so that they can get off the sand and avoid the worms. And at one point, he steps on something, and it makes a hollow noise. And he says he says a line of dialogue that you can't really tell in the movie. Um, he says it's something sand, but he st- hits it a couple times, and it sounds like there's just a hollow noise. And then it, it start like it's very clear if you're watching the movie and paying any amount of attention that whatever is going on with this type of sand that he just identified is going to bring the worm and so that's what they start running and like there's that iconic shot from the movie where the worm just like pops out and they're standing there i went home but invisible couldn't see that at all in my screening it was (laughs) totally dark i was like what's happening is that the worm (laughs) so i I went home with subtitles because i couldn't hear (laughs) i I knew exactly what was happening in that scene because i was reading (laughs) and i went i watched the thing on hbo max and i turned the subtitles on and the line that Paul sand. says is, it's drum sand. Does it make my experience better because I know he says yeah. it's drum sand? I don't think yeah. so because I feel like I got all the information I needed. He hit it a couple times. It sounded like a drum. He said it's a weird type of sand. I was like, no, oh, it's yeah. it's a trap. What? It's a trap that the sand people lay. So that the worm yeah. comes and eats people. Yeah. Like to get intruders. I don't know if that's true. Well, also that's drum true. sand. <laughs> drum sand. That's I want to know what what it is. I want to know what's happening. Yeah, someone took Him. time an author took time to put a name to that. And then a screenwriter took time to put that in the movie. And then Timothy Chalamet took 2 seconds out of his life to mumble it. And then <laughs> the sound mixing guy was like That's good. Yeah. Well, again, I like I'm not saying that it's like not it to be worthwhile clear. to write those words, but I'm also saying that it's not detracting from my understanding or enjoyment of the movie Maybe to not so. know exactly what's happening. Which brings prefer... it back to Minari, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly what's happening. I don't know how they are sexing these chickens. All I need or to know farming. is that that's what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got this. I can move on. Now, if I'm curious, if I'm curious and want to look it up later, I have a Wikipedia entry right here that I might dive into when we get done recording. But like, I don't need it to enjoy this movie. (laughs) Get the lotion. Oh. (laughs) Um. I mean, yeah, we spent so much time on on sound mixing and. We and did spend a decent amount of time on chicken sexing. And little, ba- little baby exactly chicken vaginas and chicken little be. baby chicken dicks. Another chicken technical dicks. thing about <clears throat> this movie that I thought was really good was when they are going into town uh, and the way it's, like, filmed. I'm sure it was done in post, but everything out the car windows is blurry. And I was like, what a cool way to have a period piece on a budget and not need 900 mm. cars from the 80s. That's so smart. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was so and their cool. Style, their style is not <coughs> super 80s. So it also kind of blends into the modern day, like you were saying. It's hard It's hard to tell exactly when this is taking place since it's warm. Timeless. So you're kind of like, well, yeah, like t-shirts are t-shirts, shorts are shorts. Um, but yeah. 
I, I also think that that is another thing that I like about this movie is that like, yes, it is set in the eighties, but it also is like timeless. Like yeah. this, like yeah. the story could happen whenever, like it's just a family drama and it's like real, it's told so well. And the characters are so well drawn that like, it doesn't like, yes, this took place in the eighties, but it could also take place in the nineties. It could also take place currently. It could, you know, like they're in the 1890s. It could take place mm-hmm. in the 1890s. It could take place in the 1790s. Yeah. This and the I mean, would be a great double feature. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that is one of the things that jumped out to like when I first watched it, that I was just like, so blown away by, which is like this, like I did not grow up. Like, obviously I am not Korean or, an immigrant in any capacity i did not grow up in a rural part of the state that i lived in which was very <laughs> did you rural, grow but up I did not... <laughs> to be a rural juror <laughs> i also did not grow up to be a rural juror so um but the fact like there are so many different things that i in like just on paper would not be able to connect to in this movie but I was able to connect to all of them because it's such like a deeply human story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, yeah. So this, I've seen it three times now and every single time I've just been like so incredibly moved by this. Yeah. Even the sister kind of being like, I don't know, just like go along with it. Just like, like don't complain, be good to grandma. Like I, I just want to have like a normal childhood. She's like such a pragmatist <laughs> yeah. that it's like, She's the only one who's kind of just like, uh, like everybody, get your shit together. <laughs> I feel like she's not given enough uh, because the the brother gets the relationship with the grandma, and the mom and the dad have their own relationship. I feel like the the daughter kind of gets left behind. Yeah. Well, she's like in a weird place, like just age wise. Like if yeah. they didn't have David, or if David didn't have his heart issue. I wonder if they would even be as concerned about having like a babysitter, you know, mm-hmm. cause like That's the true. daughter is old enough that she kind of can do her own thing. Like there, I mean, there's literally a scene where she's just like making dinner by herself in the kitchen. Yeah. So like, I do wonder if like part of it is just like, she didn't really need to be around because she was able to do her own thing. Yeah. She's sweet, though. They're also the sweet. Boy. The little boy. Uh, the little boy, Alan Kim, just adorable mm-hmm. in every single scene oh, that he's, he's so in in this adorable. movie. But anytime he's mad. <laughs> anytime you see a full, like, a full profile of him, and he's just got his, like, shirt and, like, gym shorts, and he's got his cowboy boots on. <laughs> like, his socks are just, like, sticking up a little bit over the cowboy boots. I was like, holy shit. This is the cutest fucking kid that has ever lived. <laughs> and he's Ooh, like cowboy boots. so cheeky too. Yeah. Like with this when he had to go out and get a stick and he came back with like a long piece of grass. <laughs> <laughs> and when he says to grandma and just goes, What does pee taste like? <laughs> so good. <laughs> I also love when uh, uh, Grandma is like, <laughs> he's like, broken penis, broken penis. He's like, it's not a penis, it's a ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, seven-year-old boy, that is exactly correct. 
<laughs> Wait, what's the other thing that he yells when he's like, I'm not something, I'm adorable, or what does he say? I'm oh, not handsome. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Or I'm not pretty, I'm not cute, I'm handsome. It's something yeah, like it's that. something like that. He has a lot of those little outbursts where he's like making his thoughts known. Yeah. Um, and his thoughts are like so well written as like seven year old thoughts. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> God, he's the best. Yeah. It is funny when he feeds the grandma pee. Only because you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then and he stays her... to watch. And then immediately bolts as soon as she's like, he's ah! like, I'm out of here. I also love the, so he's like wetting the bed and his mom's like, you just have to pinch yourself and say, this isn't a dream. This isn't a dream. And so when he goes to pee in the cup the, to give it to his grandma, he starts with that. Like, he, yeah. like he's standing there. He's like, this isn't a dream. This isn't a dream. Okay. And then he pees into the cup. <laughs> so I imagine, you know, like 12 year old David is still just anytime he has to pee. He's just like, this isn't a dream. This isn't a dream. <laughs> Oh, even bedwetting was such like a, oh yeah, like little kids just pee the bed and you're like, buddy, stop peeing the bed. Not all little kids. But like so relatable. A lot of little kids. A lot of little kids. (laughs) Almost all little kids, actually. There are literally dozens of little kids. Yeah. Dozens. That's it. I just remember like my cousins and stuff uh, when like some of my cousins were younger. Yeah. It was my cousins. Definitely it was my cousins. Actually, it was, like it was definitely not me. It was definitely all of my cousins and not me at all. I I, I am being totally honest. If I did do that, I'd be No, but I am I'm being very honest right now. You have to let me be honest. Please let me be honest. I I really don't pee I have not peed the bed. And I haven't done anything else in bed. When I'm asleep in bed, that's what I'm doing, baby. I'm not like I'm not a Kendall Roy and I've never shit the bed. Ever. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm being kids, 100% honest right now. I feel like kids who wet the bed, uh, you can spot them pretty easily when you're in college because they regress. Oh, yeah, when they're drunk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, people who, mm-hmm. who pee the bed, you're like, okay, well, you were a bedwetter. <laughs> yeah, Not there was like a guy I, in my... I don't really care, but it's like... I don't ever want to be sharing the bed with someone and have them piss the bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a guy in my fraternity who almost every time he got drunk would piss the bed. And so <laughs> oh, no. uh, he was not allowed to like sleep. I mean, not that he wasn't allowed. It was his bed. He could do whatever the hell he wanted to. But um, when he got that drunk, he had like trained himself not to sleep in his bed. <laughs> So, so he'd pee in he other would, people's. Well, he would sleep on the futon, uh, oh. and then he—I mean—he would clean it every the next morning. He would clean yeah, it, which the is futon is like it does, does that ever leave? Look, look. He should have taken a shower curtain are, and laid we, it down first. We are all in our early thirties, and we are making some judgments on people who were eighteen and nineteen years old. Okay, and I don't think that that's entirely fair. <laughs> Just a futon is anyway. The futon point of, is forever. The point yeah. of my story is that uh, you would walk by their room the next morning, and you would hear their high-powered fan pointed directly at the futon, oh, and you were God. like, "No, okay, I know what happened here." <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> 
I had a friend who, uh, she and her boyfriend struggled oh. with it, and so in the morning, it'd be like, either like, oh my god, it's dry, or it'd be like, who was it this time? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Which is like really ick. I knew For me, who, anyway. Yeah. To oh, each yeah. their own. I knew someone who woke up once because she felt like the pitter patter of like stuff dropping on her and was like, what? Oh. And then oh, looked no. over and her boyfriend slept naked and was just peeing into the air like a fountain. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> like it woke him up and he was like, ah, ah, what? And she was like, oh my God, what are you doing? But it was just like <laughs> right into the air, un- unencumbered. I also had a another friend who one of her guy friends like would stay over in, in her room, and uh, he woke up and uh, broke her laptop because he pissed on her desk, thinking he was <laughs> <laughs> thinking it was the toilet. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what I would do if somebody peed on my laptop. I would have been like, um, go away forever. I never want to see you again. I mean, it's one thing never if it's speak your to me. own pee. Right. If you accidentally peed on your own laptop. I mean, like, I oh, dropped damn. a cup of coffee on my laptop, but it was my oh, yeah. cup of coffee. And your Oops. laptop, yeah. 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 I turned it upside down and coffee was coming out of the key. Oh, no. <laughs> was that salvageable? Or did, did we buy a new one? Nah, not even a little. <laughs> and then I, like, didn't have enough money for a new one. And so yeah. oh, I would no. also, uh, for a listener, didn't have a smartphone. Uh, but I worked at the library. And so I would handwrite things. And I'm an, I'm an English major. <laughs> so there's a lot of writing. So I would handwrite things, and then whenever I was working, I would try and type up as much as I could, and then email it to myself, and then log into one of the school printers and print it. Wow. But, like, sometimes you could also check out iPads from the library, and I would do that just to, like, go on Twitter. Because <laughs> that was cool. Uh, or like, cool. Or, like, watch YouTube. <clears throat> Like, I have a memory of watching Beyonce's Countdown video repeatedly on an iPad I rented Such a from the dope library. Video. God, I wonder if they could see what I did. I mean, Almost definitely. Well played. I don't care for that. <laughs> I mean, this was, how, how many years ago did you graduate college and you have your degree? Like, who gives a flying fuck if they knew that you were watching the Beyonce video? That was <laughs> just a little bit like embarrassing that I was like oh I have a computer I'm gonna go on YouTube and Twitter <laughs> how is that embarrassing <laughs> that's like all college students do all was, the time if I was still logged in they could see like what I watched <laughs> were you watching porn no I th- then I think you're fine. No, but I was like, probably man, watching like... there's a lot of like, sailing videos. No, it's probably like... I'm trying to think of that a, when that happened, I was a senior. I'm just trying to think of like who I was obsessed with because it'd probably be like... Like if it had been freshman year, it would have been like, why did someone watch 45 videos of Paul Rudd? Like 
for no reason. <laughs> to where someone would be like, someone's been binge watching. I don't even know who. Anyway, it would be embarrassing if my name was well, attached to that. I mean, that was literally over a decade ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think you're good. Not yet. <laughs> I think it was exactly a decade ago. But anyway. Anyway, Is that what, right? what, uh, how about this movie? <laughs> I don't have any other, other notes. Like, I, I just thought it was um, fantastic. The uh, the end destroys me every time. Mm-hmm. When, like, so David is, like, very opposed to having his grandma with him. Because she's not a real grandma. She smells like Korea. He's just, like, very, very not interested in having this grandma around and then when she in her state in her confused state just starts like walking in the wrong direction away from their house and away from the fire and he's the one who chases her down and he's like running to her because he wants her to stay and he's like come home home is this way come home with us I'm just like a fucking mess every single time. <laughs> it just wrecks me. And it's so also, good. Yeah, she's such like a little champion for him too. Of mm-hmm. like yeah. when she's like, stop telling him these things that are gonna scare him. Like, just let him be a little boy. Stop like what are you talking about, like if you don't wake up? I I don't wanna hear this. Yeah. Um, and just like even being happy when he brings back that tiny switch and she's like, good for you, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like that's such a good moment too that when she does like have her stroke or whatever happens, like it is such a, a dark turn that is so sad. You're like, oh no, she was so lively and vivacious and like fun loving and just became friends with him, with David, like. It is such a sad turn that, yeah, like, all of her sadness, you're like, oh, yeah, you still know what's going on. You're just, like, you, like, can't really express it. And that's why she just, like, leaves. She just wants to, like, get away from them so she doesn't hurt them anymore. It's so sad. Yeah, I definitely took her, like, deliberately leaving. I didn't think she was, like, lost. I thought it was, like, guilt. Like, look what I've done to, I've ruined this family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but also, like, she had to have known that she wasn't going to get very far. (laughs) Right, but it was more just, like, I got Yeah, I know, I get that, but... Here's the question, though, and this was a question that my old roommate Hannah asked when we watched it. Why did they leave a flaming barrel of garbage near Grandma at all? Why did, like, leave a Grandma alone at being, like, okay... Oh, I took it like she was trying to... Because in the scene before, she's cleaning the counter, and her mom's like, don't... Or her mom, her daughter, is like, don't clean the counter. And so she's taking out the garbage, and that's what they do. Yeah, They shouldn't have left it flaming. It wasn't flaming. She lit it. She lit it. Oh. Well. (laughs) Yeah. So take that, and uh, go tell your old roommate, too. Well, maybe they shouldn't have left a lighter. What? I think it's more likely they shouldn't have the garbage disposal so close to the barn. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. That's, I think if I we're going to get into shoulds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I am curious, and this is another thing that I don't, again, I don't think the three of us are equipped to actually answer this question, but... I am. Uh, Have I ever gone into a building on fire? What? No. <laughs> I mean, have you? That's not what I was going to ask, but now no, I feel I like haven't. I need to. Okay. But um, I've had a bonfire outside of a barn. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. Um, I don't fully understand. So they're, like, growing all these vegetables and then just, like, storing them in an in open-air barn. In the hot Arkansas heat. A, like, yeah. Arkansas heat. And I'm not entirely convinced that that's... That's the move. Again, I don't know enough about farming. I definitely don't know enough about farming in Arkansas in the eighties. But like, that's it. Does I it think, didn't seem like a logical choice to make. <laughs> I think you can get, uh, like, if you think about like produce that you buy on the shelf, like mm-hmm. you might have like a week, week and a half with it. But you've already had a significant amount of time up until. The, it's right. actually there to where I think you, I think food probably lasts like that for like two or three weeks. And if he was going to sell most of it the following weekend. Yeah. Like all of that made sense in but theory. But it was like 108 Right. Degrees. Like, yeah, that's the thing <laughs> that I don't fully understand. Like I would, I would be willing to believe that they could like these vegetables could just like sit out for a while and they would be fine. But I don't necessarily believe that they would be able to sit. And like in that, like in that space, it would have to be so hot and so humid that like I don't I feel like those vegetables would spoil quickly. Does Arkansas get humid? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly it's humid. Joke. Oh. <laughs> it was a joke. I can't even think of Arkansas without feeling a little sweaty. It's like ugh. My dad once told me a to a joke. I almost just gave away the joke. That was the that why I don't even remember the premise, but it was based. The joke is that uh, why was the toothbrush arc invented? Oh my god, what's happening to me? You okay? I think if we're gonna cut anything, I think this is what we should cut. <laughs> it was basically if the toothbrush wasn't. Why was the tooth? Oh my god! <laughs> Just finish. How do you know? Version. How do you know? The toothbrush was invented in Arkansas. <laughs> because if it was invented anywhere else, it would be called the teeth brush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like eight, and I thought it was so funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> also, also, another time we were in Arkansas, this is an iconic uh, family story. Uh, our car, something happened to our car. Maybe we were pulled over on the side of the highway so one of us could pee. Who could really say? <laughs> but then some woman pulled over in front of us and got out of her car and was, like, asking, I guess, if if we were okay. And we were all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she goes, y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> and she looked like... She could have walked straight out of, like, what, like, if you picture, like, an Arkansas white woman, it was, like, that woman. And y'all come back now you're here is Beverly Hillbillies. Is it? I, I mean, it's definitely from something. Oh, yeah, no, I'm she was sure. saying it completely serious. No, I know. Right, yeah. yeah Beverly but... Hillbillies, they go, now y'all come back now you hear? 
that's like their sign off of the show. Oh. But y'all come back I don't now. Think you she hear... was quoting a TV show. I think that was just. I don't think so either. Right. My takeaway from that story when you first mentioned it was that I was like, oh, on the pe- side of the road. No, no, no. You oh. like, oh, people say that in real life. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's a song. I just did a quick Google search on y'all come no. back now. You're here. How do you know? It's definitely something from. I'm not saying that it's nothing. I'm just saying it's that, something my family used to quote. Yeah, y'all come back now. You hear is what Ellie Mae says at the end of the end credits of Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it just took me a little while based, to find it. Yeah, very probably based on what real people say, and so like. Yeah, it's like Yins in Pittsburgh, where you're like, what is this? You've just never come in contact with it before. Or John in uh, Philly, (coughs) to bring it back to our Creed episode. You said Jaw? John? J-A-W-N? Yeah, like this this is a John. That's a John. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From Creed? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I did did think it was uh, the way that the Arkansas people say the family's last name, Yee sounded like there was a couple times they said it and I was like are they doing the like Italian dinosaur meme because they would like drag it like the way that they pronounced it was like not at all how it's meant to be pronounced but I was like (laughs) just like dragging it out forever to where I was like wait oh no (laughs) oh Um, anyway. Anybody have anything else about Minari? Uh, 10 out of 10 would it. recommend. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's so good. Um, all right, so categories. Um, tattoo ideas. I was going to look Minari. this up and then I forgot. But yeah, like just like what does Minari look like? I think it's like little circle yeah. leaves. <clears throat> yeah. Like a lot of little circle leaves off of one stem. Okay. You could get the tiny little stick. <laughs> or, I mean, little David in his cowboy boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the cutest kid that's ever lived. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mountain Dew bottle. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like, like Minari is the correct, like, actual, like, the plant itself is the is the correct yeah. answer. You could get Paul What's carrying the... his cross. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, is that Jesus? And you're like, no, it's the no, character it's Paul. Paul from <laughs> Minari. It's character Paul from this movie that you've probably never heard of. <laughs> Have you heard of my Lord and Savior Paul from Minari? <laughs> um, would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I told you to watch me and Earl and the Dying Girl on an airplane, and you yeah. were weeping on an airplane. So, like, <laughs> openly weeping. It's better um, that than being afraid for your life. So, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, wait, we didn't even mention. The score of this movie. I know. I was gonna get there. We can get there when it comes. But to I mean, the just Oscars. in general, like that's such a part of this movie too. That like from go, you're like, oh, what what a beautiful score. It's one of the best scores in recent memory. It's it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. But okay, fine. We can use it in the category. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Well, I opened. And I said, does anybody have anything else they want to talk about? I know that was I your opportunity until... to talk about. The score, and you missed it. So now we never get to talk about it again. I've passed. (laughs) 
Uh, would you guys hang out on this film set? It'd be so hot. I know. That's Ooh. my one. Like, I think Steven Yeun is an astounding actor. He's always good in everything he's in. And Especially, like, I think you should leave. He's excellent and I think you should leave. <laughs> I wanted to talk about I think you should leave on this. Because I was like, oh, Stephen Yeun. Well, we got to talk about his best performance of <laughs> making too small a square for too big a mud pie. Getting everybody sick. <laughs> He's too small a square, too big a mud pie. It's okay. Yeah, he's incredible Jesus in this movie, Christ. even better in that sketch. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, I had never seen him until The Walking Dead. And I thought, like, I mean, I thought he was good in The Walking Dead, but I, like, I really like what he's doing now, where he's just, like, becoming just, like, an incredibly reliable, talented actor that, like, anytime he's in something, I'm like, okay, that's at minimum going to be worth watching for your performance alone. And he's an improviser. He comes from an improv background. I oh, think really? actually Chicago improv. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And that Second was like City. when he was on um, Walking Dead, like he did a couple interviews, I think with like Conan and a couple other people who would bring it up because they were like, and you come from a comedy background. Like, and now you're in this. this you come show from a comedy about- background and now you hang out with zombies and, and it's bloody and, and violent. Yeah, now you're best friends with with uh, Daryl. I've seen the I've seen one episode of The Walking Dead, and I thought it was <laughs> an '80s like t like uh, syndication TV show. Until I was like, "Oh no, this is The Walking Dead. This is the thing everyone's watching right now." Yikes! <laughs> but he was great. I loved Stephen Yeun. He's he's, very... he's in uh, Okia. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah! And sorry to bother you. Bless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, he's great and sorry to bother you. He's so he's good and sorry to bother you. Did either of you ever see Burning? No. I think when, so when we had um, James on the podcast for the, um, or, um, Jim, what was the movie that we watched with Jim? Your friend Tierney, not Matt's friend Tierney, or not Matt's friend Jim. Um, Amadeus. <laughs> When we had Jim on the podcast for Amadeus, I think he was talking about how he had rewatched Burning. Mm. Good memory, jeez. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't even remember what movie we watched. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he I didn't love that movie in the way that most people who saw it in 2018 did, but he is unreal in that movie. Um, it's like a almost three hour long very very slow korean film so like it's like it's a commitment to watch it like it is oh he (laughs) was talking about this yeah i'm looking it up now um but steven young is incredible in that movie um and he's gonna be in the new jordan peele movie so bless bless is that nope yeah no nope Nope. no it's not (laughs) (laughs) um hello 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 yeah, so I would like to see him in action. I also think that the the woman who played the wife, uh, Monica, Monica, I thought she was yeah. really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never seen her in anything before, but I thought she was she was great. Um, and their really, fights were so realistic. Yeah, yeah, like up and down the board, I feel like the acting was just like really top notch in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
the, I think, oh, and then the other thing, the email I sent you guys, um, this one is Immigrant Movie, Lee Isaac Zeppelin, was the, was the email that I <laughs> Instead of Immigrant in. Song. By Led Zeppelin, yep, there it is. That's, that's the joke. <laughs> also, you missed last week, so it yeah. was last week. Last week, when we talked about First Reformed, was uh, Hot Priest's cousin, Sad Priest. <laughs> Hot Priest of Fleabag fame. Of course, um, of course. <laughs> My YouTube was... keeps recommending Fleabag clips that are like, those moment, like uh, subtle moments in Fleabag that you miss, and it's like... Bitch, I've watched this show like six <laughs> times. There's nothing I haven't caught. <laughs> YouTube, you should know that if you're tracking me across websites. <laughs> yeah, update your, your algorithm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was I was trying to work in a Back to the Future reference um, where he's like, Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck, it's your, cov- your cousin Marvin. Marvin Berry, and like the joke is like, oh, that's where Chuck Berry gets the idea for the song. I was trying to work in that reference for last week's episode, but I was like, I don't think Hot Priest and Sad Priest is like a recognizable enough thing that I could say it's your cousin Sad. <laughs> sad Priest. <laughs> anyway, just a peek, in, <laughs> peek into my brain. Um, okay, yeah. so Oscars. Twas nominated. This movie was nominated for six Oscars. Um, best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Score. Should have been Best yeah. Supporting Actor for the Little Boy as well. Yeah. Um. So the only one who won was the actress. Mm. Did you guys watch the Oscars last year? Sorry, nah. the actress. Uh, yeah, Jung Yun. Uh, yeah, the one in the train station. Yeah. Did you see her bad. acceptance speech? <laughs> It was so fun. She Where was she so was fun. talking about how she was like in love with Brad Pitt. <laughs> Got yeah. to meet Brad Pitt. That's yeah. so endearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who won yeah. for best uh, director? And you said screenplay was one of them? Chloe Zhao won for best director. Oh, yeah, right. so Chloe Zhao and uh, Nomadland won for best picture and best director. And then, and then was screenplay nominated? Yeah, um, a Promising Young Woman won for Best oh, that Original is a Screenplay. really good screenplay. Yeah. I, I'm not, like, mad. And, like, Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya won for Judas and the Black Messiah for Best Actor. Um, and he is great in that. Yeah. So, so like, I'm not mad about oh, most of these. Oh, Minari. And I feel like Minari is, like, a similar thing to, you know, we, I think we talked a little bit about this with There Will Be Blood. Which I'm not oh, saying yeah. that um, I'm not saying that No Country for Old Men is a better movie than There Will Be Blood, but 2007 was just such a good year for movies that like anything was just gonna ha- like have a really hard time. Um, I feel like Minari was kind of in that position where it's like this yeah. is a really good movie, and there were like it lost two things that I think are worthy. Again, whether or not you think Minari or Nomadland is better, I think. I think all of us would agree that those two movies were worthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, like, Chloe and Zhao good... was worthy of, you know, yeah. like, so I'm, I'm not, like, it's it's a and bummer Daniel for Kaluuya. Minari, but, like, yeah. all of the ones that it lost, it's like, well, whoever well, did Chloe win. Well, Chloe Zhao had to direct a lot of non-actors. Right. And, like, Natural Light and all that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel Kaluuya was like a big performance where like Steven yeah. Yeun is pretty like measured in, yeah. in this. So yeah, it's just a rough year to, to be up against those guys. Uh, the one that I, that it didn't win that I do kind of want to fight about is score. What did it lose to? It won. It lost to soul, which I do think is a good score. It's like Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste, and so it's like the Trent Reznor. Wasn't that in your wrapped? Wasn't that in your Spotify wrapped? <laughs> there's, there's Call a song. Out, bitch. Like, <laughs> what, the song was in there. Is Spotify. Wrapped? It's called "Just Us." It's the last song on the the score for Soul, and it is beautiful. I listen to that song constantly. It's so good. Is Everybody, it, go listen to it. And that's Johnny Greenwood. Nope, I as I said already, it's Trent Reznor, Harry Gregson, Williams, <laughs> jazz music. Yeah, it's Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. So it's like a combo yeah. of like the Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross thing that they do mixed in with jazz music that John Batiste yeah. does. That's so, why I got confused because I, I knew it was a rock star that has done scores yeah. now. I just forgot it was Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> It's your boy, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, doing the music for a Disney Pixar movie about a soul. Literally my favorite thing that happened in all of the Oscars last year was that the guy who once famously sang a song, I want to fuck you like an animal, won an Oscar for doing the music for a Disney Pixar movie. It's like, God bless us. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but having said all that, I would I would pick Minari over this. I think like that one song from the Soul score is gorgeous, and I do think everybody should listen to it. It's it's incredible. But on the whole, I like the Minari score better than the yeah. Soul score. And like the Minari suite, the one that's like dun 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 dun, dun like yeah, that one I just remember being the music of that movie. I I couldn't I can't think of a single song from Soul. Yeah. I the first time so every year like around Oscar season I like listen to like I get pretty heavy into film scores like pre- predominantly the ones that are like either nominated or like in the running for being nominated. And I remember the first time I listened so I watched Minari those like those two times like basically back to back in December. But then it came out in February, and it was like a $20 rental then. And so I was like, all right, I've seen it twice already, or mostly twice. I don't need to spend another $20 on it. Um, so it had been a while since I'd watched the movie. And so I was, like, working my way through all these film scores, and I got to the Minari one, and I legit almost just started tearing up just hearing the, the notes from the score. Yeah, It's so it's powerful so and so beautiful. But, like, I, I, I'm not mad that Soul won. But, like, if Minari were to pick up another one against any of those other categories and any of those other nominees, that would be the one that I would want it to pick up. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, I mean, John Batiste hadn't, but, like, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have already won, so, like... Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Um, das Minari. That's it. That's it. That's it. We did it. Tierney, I'm glad you went with this instead of Dallas Buyers Club. I'll still watch it, but I wanted to watch this one more. I, yeah, yeah, Dallas Buyers Club isn't a bad movie, but this is definitely a better heavy. movie. Dallas Buyers Club is very heavy, and you start off like in like a pretty 
gritty opening. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club is a lot. Um, so this one is like beautiful and sad, but like joyous. And there's still a it's happy like ending. It's like life. Mm-hmm. It's the human mm-hmm. experience. And even like David healing, like his heart just kind of healing is like, oh yeah, you get over one thing, something else uh, will come up. But you just keep going. You keep staying a family. But staying together. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. What have you guys been up to this week? <clears throat> I can go. Alright. I haven't done too much. I watched a bunch of movies. Um, so speaking of our boy, Steven Yeun, uh, his new movie called The Humans is oh, out you now. Watched that? And I went and saw it. Uh, and it's very good. It's a <clears throat> stage or it's an adaptation of a stage play that won Tony for won the Tony for best play. Mm-hmm. And the guy who wrote the stage play wrote and directed this film adaptation. And it's it's not quite as good as The Father, um, but it's kind of similar to The Father. Like, the whole mm. thing takes place in one location. Like, it's one apartment in Manhattan. There are two floors to the apartment, and there's a few different rooms in the apartment. So, like, there is some movement, but it all takes place, like, in this apartment in New York City. And it's a family that gets together uh, for Thanksgiving. And... Uh, it's basically just like them having a conversation throughout the entire movie and it's really well made. Um, I didn't do any research onto this guy. Like, I don't think he directed anything before. Um, but like, I thought a lot of the choices that he made as a director were really strong. Um, it's Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins is in it. Um, the woman who played, so it's, it's like Beanie Feldstein and Amy Schumer, play siblings and their parents are Richard Jenkins and Jane Hadishell. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that name right, but she won the Tony for best actress for this role. So she's oh. reprising that role. And then June Squibb plays the grandmother. And she's then, <laughs> and then Steven Yun is Beanie Feldstein's boyfriend. And that's their apartment. They just moved into this new apartment in man mm. in Chinatown. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but, like, it's very good. Um, it's avail- It's in theaters right now, but it's also streaming on Showtime. And I, I imagine it will be available for, like, some sort of rental situation in the near-ish future. Um, but that was really good. I also saw Benedetta, which is Paul Verhoeven's uh, lesbian nun movie that people are, like, picketing outside Music Box Theater. <laughs> Uh, it's not nearly as crazy as you are led to believe. It is a good, it's a good movie. Like it tells an interesting story that's based on a real, like a, like a real woman, um, that I was totally unaware of. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. There are moments of it that are just like, holy shit. Uh, but it's not nearly as, as insane. Uh, there is one thing that I will not spoil, but if you see it, oh. and if you are at all religious, it is going to infuriate you. <laughs> so, oh. so that was fun for me. <laughs> but I can <laughs> imagine other people being very displeased. <laughs> um, and then the other two movies I saw that we don't have to talk too much about, but uh, playing a little catch up on Tierney, um, I finally saw King Richard and Belfast. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. And I thought they were both like equally 
quite good, but not great. Um, I think like Will Smith is really good, but I agree with you, Tierney. The 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 two um, actresses who play Venus and Serena, like as like teenagers, are incredible. Yeah. Um, also, Anjanu Ellis plays the their mom, and like mm-hmm. she's really good. She has like the scene in the kitchen between her and Will Smith is outstanding in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Just so good. Yeah. I feel like Will Smith is getting like all of the recognition for this movie, but like there are other people who are also very, very good in this movie. Yes. Yeah, um, say better performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the girls were win. so good. Like I'm not, I mean, they're so good in that movie. Yeah. And I, I think it's like a, fairly I mean it's 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 falls into a lot of the same biopic tropes that I'm not that jazzed about. Yeah. Like I think it it tries to tell too much of a story. I think it's a little too long, but I think there are moments of it that work really really well. Mhm. Um and I I also like the tennis is really fascinating. Like I'm not a huge tennis fan, but like I feel like they did a really good job filming this te- like making the tennis cinematic. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really cool. I also found out as I was like sitting through the credits, uh, Robert Ellswit shot that movie, um, who you may recognize from formerly being Paul Thomas Anderson's boy, but no longer being Paul Thomas Anderson's boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Was I don't there a think breakup? it. I don't think it was like super acrimonious, but I do think I read somewhere that they were just kind of like, yeah, we'll probably never work together again. <laughs> so. Wow. Anyway, um, and I thought Belfast was good, but as I was telling Tierney, I think, like, there's, I feel like there's just a lot of stuff going on in Belfast, and the movie's only, like, a, a little over an hour and a half, but oh, wow. it, it feels, like, overstuffed. <laughs> like, there's just, like, a lot of different little subplots that I don't feel get enough attention to warrant being in the movie. They just, like, are there sometimes, but then are not there other times, but then come back at the very end, and you're like, oh, okay. How great um, is Kieran Hines in that movie? So good. So good. And, like, Judy Dench is great, but I feel like she doesn't really get to do much, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I obviously, as we all know, my preference for Judy Dench is when she's a cat and is breaking the fourth <laughs> wall and singing at you, but... If it can't be that, at least give her something else to do. And they didn't, you didn't give her too much to do here. Like definitely Kieran Hines got like all of the, the shine in terms of like the grandparents. But I also thought the, uh, and I'm definitely going to say her name wrong, but I think it's Katriana. Katrina. Katrina. Is it just Katrina? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought she was great as, as the mom. She is really good. Um, and like Jamie Dornan is fine, but. I'm going to be so mad if it beats Roma. <laughs> Just in terms of like a black and white autobiographical it's, story. I did like it. Set during did, a turbulent time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of war and a country of war. And like familial <laughs> shifts. Yeah. Uh, Roma I did is like a better it. Movie. It is good, but yes, Roma and, is much better. <laughs> and yeah. Roma did it with like a lot of non-recognizable leads. Yeah. Instead of Belfast, who's like, you know, Judy Dench, you know, Kieran Hines, you know, Jamie Dornan, you know, they're all here. They're you know, Outlander, you've seen that show Outlander. She's here, too. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're all here. 
Um, so yeah, I did. I did really like it, but I will definitely be bummed if it wins Best Picture because it is not best the best movie that I've joke, seen this though. year. Well, yeah, I know, but it's always nice when the right thing wins. Yeah, but the. Happens like, like I'm not every parasite. three years. I know, but I'm just saying, that like, whenever it happens, it's really great. And so I'm hoping that this year it's not this. Like, I'm hoping What's that this year... What's in the lead year... for you right now? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I might, you might have to come back to me. We'll come back to this. We'll do it, we'll do it after our, after is the, it yeah, the you, externals. The year. It might be the externals. Externals <laughs> is pretty high on my list, so there's a. <laughs> I mean, Nomadland was best picture last year, so. No time to die. Yeah, you guys tell, speak on what you've been up to this week, and I can you can we can circle back to see what. Okay. What's up on my list? But um, so I watched Insecure and Curb Your Enthusiasm because both those shows are still on, and I'm still watching them because they're still good. Oh, one one quick thing that I just forgot about. So sorry about it. Oh, uh, so rude. I did I did watch Succession, and I think Tierney, you should get back on the Succession train. I'm gonna. I, I'll say that I also watched Succession, and I think you might be onto something, Tierney. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> contradictions. Yeah, I. Yeah, continue what you were. Uh, what you've been up as, to as I'll, you were, Tierney. I'll discuss. I'll discuss Succession when we get to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, okay. I just thought that this week's curve your enthusiasm was uh, hilarious. Yeah, um, it's one of the best ones. Yeah. I, like, cackled at several moments. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched the first episode of Get Back, the Beatles documentary. Um, oh. Yes. I uh, wanted to watch more, but I haven't had time. And then uh, I finished a book uh, called 32 Words for Field by Monka and McGann. Uh, and it is a book about language, which I love language. Uh and like linguistics and that sort of thing. So it's been like fun to think it, it. So it's about the Irish language and specifically how it's like rooted in the natural world. But I didn't realize that the, that it like is like, a, I didn't realize how old that language was. <laughs> like I thought it was like as old as English, but, and I was like, Oh wow. Did not know it was that old, but it explains why there's so many words for field. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was cool, and I just I enjoy languages and how they evolve and where they come from and how they make people think. Uh, yeah. And the coolest one I think with this is just like the that like they I think it's called the Netherworld, but basically the other world with like spirits and like fairies mm-hmm. and all that stuff is like all around us. Like, it's only a thin veil that separates the two, and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Day of the Dead stuff. I don't know. I think that there's some, like, we're not not alone on this earth. Anyway. I don't think the dead leave us. I don't find that spooky at all. Yeah, that's, I was, like, trying to think of what that exact dialogue was, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. Um... (laughs) But yeah, uh, and then there were also, there's a whole chapter about sex, and then like 900 words for penis, which was really funny. <laughs> yeah, we got some what fun screenshots. What, what again? <laughs> huh? And oh yeah, one, one one, thank you for that, Matt. One of the words for penis translates to the white man. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, white men are dicks. Yeah. 
they got it, and that might have been as old as uh, three thousand yeah. years ago. <laughs> Basically. Oh, and one other thing is that because it's so old, the words, a lot of the words, have to do with like doing something. But now they're assigned to a thing that does that thing because now we have things that do things for us instead of doing them ourselves. So like an my example. brain couldn't keep up with that. Yeah, I was gonna say, give, give us an example. <laughs> I think I know uh, what you're saying, but I don't know if this is one of them. But it might be like you would like hoe a field would be like the word is like the action, but now it that same word means the hoe, like the, the mm. object. Yeah. Interesting. Because I was like, oh, that's I don't know. I thought that was so interesting. And how is that why some of them are long words? No, but one thing I didn't understand Does that is explain why they have so many letters? Vowels? Yeah. <laughs> All of them are vowels. <laughs> uh, it, was, it wasn't written down for many years. And so that's where I'm like, but if you wrote it down after many years of speaking it, could you have made it a little bit easier? <laughs> In the writing, them being like, okay, this is a lot of... Should we, how, do we, how do we write the way we pronounce it in three letters how yeah. do you do that instead <laughs> maybe a couple anyway it's a super cool book and uh, is like about it's mostly just like about nature and language and those are two things that I love so I enjoyed that's it that's it well bless that's it that's it should I go now yeah I, you're we the can, only one left oh, we can, you want I, to do I can round? just like some, so some highlights for me this year it's a little weird because I keep track on, like, a calendar basis, um, but, like, some of these movies were already nominated for Oscars, so, I don't know. Uh, but some top contenders for me this year in 2021, uh, Nomadland, Barb and Star, The Father, um... Minari. <laughs> I did really... Well, I, I mean, I saw Minari in December, so I, I included it in 2020. Fine. <laughs> Uh, but then movies that could potentially be eligible for Oscars this year. Um, Summer of Soul, the Questlove documentary about the Harlem sure. uh, Music Festival is fantastic. Uh, Green Knight. Um, Tatane, Tatan. I don't know. I, I don't speak French, but that movie that was really good. To, to car fucking, right? <laughs> the car fucking movie. Uh, the Velvet Underground documentary, Dune, and The Last Duel would all be. Okay. Some some bangers from this year right. that I've quite enjoyed. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I'd put I, Belfast above some of those that I've seen. I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> wow, damn! But I'm also uh, not Irish, so I don't. I have... just thought it was a nice story. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad story, but I just I didn't think it was that good. Like I don't think it's like best picture of the year good. Not that yeah, I necessarily think some of those other ones are. But it's a story about a kid, and I love those. <laughs> <laughs> a kid figuring stuff out in like turbulent times. I mean, a monster calls is like my jam. <laughs> anyway, Matt, go. Um, I feel like I have not watched a lot recently. I did watch Succession, and I feel like they're starting to spin in circles and. If whatever 
happened in this last episode. Okay, so here, real quick, Tierney, do you like? Are you do you think you will get back to watching it or no? Well, what Re- I thought like, about doing is l- reading the Wikipedia for most of the season and then just no, no. Why? Because nothing happens in the story. The only enjoyment that you can get from Succession is to watch them talk. It talking is the whole point. Talking is the whole thing. And that's why I think story-wise, I'm kind of like, okay, let's do something. Let's do something with these characters. And, like, specifically, this is not uh, a spoiler, really. But, like, I will say in this last episode, there are scenes with Shiv and Tom that are identical to scenes in season two, to scenes in season one, where I'm like, we get it. We already get what this relationship is, and we are not moving any direction from just the same shit over and over again, I also think subtext might not exist in succession. I think that is one of the things I'm starting to get tired of, is that everything is exactly what they're saying to a point where I'm like, okay, well, then everything is talked about like it's huge stakes, and then the next episode doesn't even matter. Moved on entirely, weeks from from what happened, and that big business meeting that everyone was stressed about having inconsequential the things of that really have not influenced the events of this current environment and neither have the relationships changed everyone just kind of like is exactly where they are all the time with no change with no movement with no character progression except for kendall and even then it's like backslides and like you know you think he's one person then he's the same person he's been Shiv is just as awful as ever. Roman is just as awful as ever. Logan is just as controlling ever. And it's the same stuff to where I'm like, whatever happens in the season finale for season three, I hope it is going to push us in a new direction for any of the characters, for any of the plot points, because guess what? And this is not a spoiler. Everyone is exactly where they were uh, in season two now. Nobody's really changed anything. Logan's still the head of the company. Everyone still wants the head of the company. All the board of directors are still there. It's the same shit. So that's what I'll say about Succession. I would like it if they did start doing anything, because I think, Tierney, what you've been complaining about is exactly (laughs) what I'm starting to feel. And it's like, okay, like you got to planted the seed but my no. thing is also so here's, if, it's, here's the if thing. it's a show about like banter make it clever right and and to Colin's point they're like too dumb, dumb to be clever I, I don't entirely I think they but are so trying to be as clever Mike as Veep but so is Mike in Veep he's I so think, dumb <laughs> I think Veep is like Veep later seasons felt very mean in how they were joking with each other and then yeah. I think that's just succession now I think, yeah. like, Succession is just everyone being extremely mean to each other. Right. In a way of, like, referencing something else that they hate. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. I I agree that I do think. I do think that a lot of this, like, I think it is cyclical. I'm not saying that it's not. But I also think a lot of TV shows are cyclical. And I yeah. don't necessarily think that it's a problem for a show to be cyclical. I still enjoy spending time in this world. Mm-hmm. I get that I get that people might not and that's fine, but I like the fact that it is cyclical does not bother me because I still enjoy watching these characters be idiots. 
And like to your point, Matt, yes, the scene between Tom and Shiv in last night's episode is very similar to scenes that they've had already in this season or in this series. Mm-hmm. But and the season. given the context of what each character wants hmm. in that scene, like I thought that that scene, even though we've, we've seen similar iterations, like that was more of a gut punch to me than any of the previous versions of that, those conversations that those two characters have had. Yeah. And it ultimately comes down to Tom acting just like the kids act with Logan of like, the person that they want to love them the most will never love them and will keep kicking them all mm-hmm. the time. And I think at some point I'm like, wh- like, I think I need them to not react so surprised when those things keep happening. Like, how are you surprised that Shiv is an asshole to you, Tom? How are you surprised that Logan is boxing you out, Shiv? How are you surprised that, like, Roman is treating you like an asshole? Like, it's the same questions every time, and for them to react like, wait, what? I can't... I have to re-strategize. It's like, the strategy hasn't changed. It's the same fight. You keep fighting every time with the same people. So, like, change. Or, like, Kendall doing anything Kendall has done is typically the most surprising thing in any episode or any Because season. he uses subtext. Yeah, because, like, stuff is going on inside of him that yeah. he is working on while also approaching the business. And I think like almost no one else on the show has that in a way that feels like anything more than like two dimensional stock characters, which like maybe they will evolve soon, but that's kind of why I want Logan to die. Cause it's like, well then who are they without him? Who are they without somebody to vie for love and control? Who do they become? In that, and that's what I'm waiting for—is like anyone to become anything more than what they have been since season one. Even Greg has a little more progression, but he's still like dopey and like <laughs> like naive. And it's like, okay, yeah, you haven't really changed either. You're suing Greenpeace, but like to what end? <laughs> well, I mean, Greg, Greg's about to climb a ladder, a certain ladder, so. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta gotta watch and see how that goes. Also, like the real, like the real relationship that I care about in this show is Tom and Greg. So, like, (laughs) I will keep coming back to the show. I like all of the other stuff that happens in the show quite a bit, but like, as long as I get one to two really good Tom Greg scenes per week, I will happily watch this show forever. (laughs) We here for you. Um. I watched a little bit of uh, Batman the Animated Series. That's not really new. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I watched a ton. Oh, I don't know if I remember, if I said that I watched Harder They Fall uh, on one of our previous episodes. Oh. But I have watched Harder They Fall. What did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's certainly, like, narratively kind of, like, doesn't feel like it, like, builds... A lot, but also, like, westerns are always weird, and it feels kind of just like a TV show, like a long TV show episode. But overall, I thought the twist is really good. I thought the characters are pretty cool. Have you cool. seen it, Tuna? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Um, and I really like Jonathan Majors in it, and I uh, I like Regina King in it. I like a lot of the people. Oh, even, like, Lakeith Stanfield as just, like, 
his weird uh, character that has like these kind of like little things that he does. Uh, I thought overall it was it was very fun. Um, and I also watched Tick, Tick, Boom, which I can't remember if I said on this podcast, uh, but I listen to Tick, Tick, Boom's music fairly often now and gotten a major heated, uh, you know, butting heads fight about Andrew Garfield being underrated with Colin and Joel, <laughs> our listener. Um, and one of our listeners. And, uh, and I think Andrew Garfield is underrated. He's getting some Oscar buzz for his performance in Tick, Tick, Boom. I think it's a, an overall very fine movie with some pretty good music from the original musical. I think he's exceptional in it. Uh, and, you know, not a bad uh, debut directorial for, uh, from uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I haven't watched that much else. So I guess I'm finished. I'm finished.